Hello there. My name is Sidney Miheso, a USIU graduate and part of Impact Africa Network's Innovation Internship Program. Impact Africa Network is a startup studio that builds entrepreneurial capacity. We offer 12-month internships to college graduates to work on well-vetted projects with like-minded peers under the guidance of an experienced leadership team and a mentor network. Being part of Impact Africa Network has taught me a lot. The one that stands out is how to validate um, ideas and execute. Impact Africa Network's Lunch and Learn is an amazing opportunity for us to learn from experienced founders and CEOs and domain experts start up best practices and grow our entrepreneurial capacity. This week, Esther Gidinji, Senior Admin Associate at Moringa School, shares her experiences working in various roles for startups, lessons learned, and how to cope with the ever-changing startup environment with the IAM team. Thank you guys for indulging me. Um, it's really nice to just hear your experiences. Uh, it's quite about even some of it is something that I have experienced in my own journey. So a bit about myself is um, I studied psychology at Kenyatta University. So right after campus or rather in the process of being in campus, I started a foundation with a couple of friends. And so we did a lot of projects, mainly in the community. So we were doing conferences involving the government and the youth and all that. And I was very passionate about it. And I also, I think my very, very last big project was running a campaign in a slum where we were trying to donate sanitary towels to women and just do general counseling. Because if you've been in a slum, there are very many issues that are in that place. So after that, um, in between, I was also working for some organizations, but mainly on small roles like receptionist, front office, because you can all relate, like finding a job in Kenya is like the hardest thing. So I pursued my passion, which was Chanuka, then the organization we started and still some small roles. Then um, I underwent surgery immediately after the event Actually, I was supposed to go away before, but then I rescheduled because I, I wanted to be there for that event. And then after my first surgery, I think something broke in me. So I couldn't pursue anything else. Like I felt, why? So I actually moved and stayed with my parents in Meru. So that was my life. So I decided this is the life. So I'll just be staying with my parents and then we'll just be moving on in life. So I sort of quit Chanuka, but not really quit, but I just wasn't psyched anymore about it. I wasn't psyched about life. And then a few friends of mine kept telling me about, oh, Moringa School, oh, it's this, oh, it's that, oh, it's this. I was like, no, I'm not interested. I don't work for anyone. I just don't want to do anything. And so my friends kept persisting. They made calls, phone calls. They even got to a point where they're like, okay, now we'll call your mother because now we need you at Moringa. Moringa needs, but I'm like, it's just a front office desk, just reception, like really, it just feels like the same role. So eventually I gave in. I sent my CV, I sent my everything. And I was called in for an interview. 
So we didn't tell my father because my father wasn't ready for someone who's just one month out of surgery, just going up and about. So my mom just said, we're going for a hospital checkup. So my mom actually took me for my first interview. <laughs> so I went for the interview and then I was, after my interview was done, I was just told, just wait a minute. And then someone else interviewed me. So I just felt, okay, maybe I was that bad. <laughs> okay, so I so went in for the second interview and then I went home. So that's when I got an email from like Audrey. Audrey is the CEO of Moringa School and she was like, okay, hi, come in, please come in for an interview with me. And my interview with Audrey was just, it was just having a conversation, it was very easy. And so I thought, okay, now this is where I want to work in. You know, it feels like it's a very easy, easy organization. It feels very new because the CEO is all involved in every process. I've seen my friends grow. And so I decided to sign in join Moringa School. So that's how I started. So front office, day one. So in Moringa School, it was quite different for me. I had, I was used to Google, I was used to Microsoft, Docs, you know, Word, Excel. So Moringa was Google Docs, Sheets, Asana, Slack, and I was just like, what are these things? And I was put on the forefront and I was just told learn you need to learn this and then ping me when you're done i'm just like what do you mean ping you when you what's ping in the first place so they had their own terms of saying things and in week one i felt wow week one was just the hardest because i was trying to learn try to figure out things and then it wasn't a front office kind of role so yes, the JD reads that, but I was expected to manage inventory, I was expected to manage staff. So I was just like, okay, so at what point, I don't have any qualification or I, I didn't feel competent enough. So my manager took me, then took me through a step-by-step -step process on, you know, just how to manage my work, how to manage the inventory, because I was like, these are things I haven't done before. And procurement, I was just like, now what are this? So that's what I was drawn into. And so I started with that front office, nee, 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 nee. and in my time there, most of the jobs that I used to do for receptionists, I used to get bored. Because by Monday, I'm in the office, by Tuesday, I'm done with everything that was expected of me. So you can expect Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, lounging. In Moringa, however, there's no point at which I was ever lounging. My desk was always busy, I had things that I needed to do, things I needed to be completed, and I love that. I love the fact that there was no allowance for me to just be idle, because one of the things that I hated and that made me take the job at Moringa was I needed something that was different. I needed something that threw me off, you know, that changed everything, not the normal eight to five job. And so for me, in Moringa, that was it. So. Now procurement, I've learned the procurement process. I've learned how to do store management, which was something I'd not done before. I started a walk-in tracker. I was just figuring out how does my work as a receptionist channel out to admission. So here are clients walking in. So how do I make this process easier and streamlined? And for me, that was something different. So I worked with the admissions team and then when I sat there, I kept wondering, so fine, we admit students, but you know, are we trying to figure out who these people are and you know, how will they relate to our course? Because our course is intense. Will they be able to manage? So um, 
I talked to Audrey and we had this whole personality test where students could go through and she sent something that she felt was adequate enough for students to go through. And then technical mentors could see if the student is ranking in this, it means that there's places that struggle with, there are places that would struggle with because psychology is still what I do mostly. So I ran that project and then it wasn't interesting for me anymore, so I left it. And then I was like, it's okay, what other gaps can I fill? And then I realized at a startup, people get overworked. It can get really busy, can get really overwhelming for staff members. And for me, my role was just, you know, how can I best improve the process for staff members? How can I make sure that they feel comfortable, they feel good with their job? So what did I decide to do? Talk to Audrey about it. I was like, hey, this is a problem. Yeah, fine, we have we had lunch and learn sessions. We it was very fun organization, 10 people, 15 people. We were having the best time of our lives. But at the same time, it was a bit frustrating because you had so many roles and so much was expected of you. So like let's try and just figure, like have a survey where we ask staff, so what are the things that are stressing them? What, what are the major causes of stress in their lives? And how do we help them create a work-life balance? And so we sent out, and it was amazing how people were actually poured out and it was like, you know what, I love Moringa, but I'm really stressed out. I'm really feeling overwhelmed and this is this. And people were able to give what their problems were and we were able to find out with the manager. So then how can we improve the work-life balance between staff and their managers? And that was an experience for me. And then before I knew it, my colleague went on maternity leave. And when she was on before she went for maternity leave, she kept telling our CTO then, who was Savannah, she's the one replacing me. So find someone who'll sit at that front desk because I have no one else. So I was thrown into the classroom. So in a classroom, I had to develop curriculum for professional development for students, something I'd never done before. I was just like, what if I mess up? Will they fire me because I mess up because it's something I've not done before, but I love the fact that I could interact with students. So uh, my role was basically helping students grow in their journey as software developers, not only just developing technically, but professionally. So how do they do their interviews? How do they build their LinkedIn profiles? How do they do their CVs, their cover letters? And for me, that journey was amazing because I learned a lot. I learned a lot from a CTO. I learned a lot from my director of learning because for me, the major thing was learning. So I've been thrown into this, de this department where I have no idea, but I was just like, how do I learn through it? And one of the thing, key things was the learning curve for me. And so after I left, after she came back, I was just struggling with, so where am I going next? Because you all can't take me back to the front office. And that was a challenge. So what happens? So there was no clear structure. So sometimes with um, startups at times, the question is, so uh, where, where, what's my growth plan looking like? You guys threw me here. And there's a lot of confusion. And that's part of my journey. Like there was a lot of confusion on what that should do. So they're like, she's very good at admin work. So can she lead the admin processes? So I was like, okay, fine, sure. And then they're like, okay, but then we can have her in the people team. So at that point I reported to like three different managers all with different expectations, all who need everything. And I felt, wow, I feel like there's a way we could have done this easily. But I understood 
they were also learning. We were all learning. Everyone was learning. So I was caught in between three managers, three different things, three different projects, and you all have to run them. So at some point, I felt like I was dropping the ball. So one part was getting hurt. So I went to my manager, so I was like, okay, look, thank you guys for trusting me, but you know, I need to figure out what specific thing am I doing? And they're like, oh, we think you can do, we're very good with people. So I think you can just move into the HR role. But since you don't have a director, um, Audrey will be managing you. So Audrey will be like the director of HR. So I was drawn into HR. So what I didn't know about HR is that apart from employee engagement, man, HR has contracts, it has offer letters, it has gene negotiations. I was like, I wasn't trained for this. I wasn't trained for this. So I was like, okay, fine. So, and the also one thing that it also didn't help was also Audrey doesn't have a HR background. So we have two clueless people running a department. It was just the most hectic season of my life. So we try and find if we can get someone senior at least who can join, join us and help me out. But I'm still doing admin. I'm still running operations for the company. So I'm like, okay, fine. We get someone. But then she's also thrown in the deep end, has no HR experience. So we're both here trying to learn. And then she's put as my manager. So here we are both trying to learn. This is manager doesn't know how Moringa does, how the employees work. So she's asking me a lot of questions. I'm like, what are benefits? So I have to, I, I'm the one supposed to manage health insurance. I'm just like, okay, so how do I, so I learned, I say it's called baptism by fire. That's generally the life of startups. It's baptism by fire. So you decide whether you want the fire to burn you or you'll just walk through it. Like Akina, was it Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? This was, yeah, you decide. So you have to make the choice for yourself. So I decided, you know what? I have no experience, but we'll just work out with this new manager of mine and we'll work it through. So we decide, no, we need a director of HR, someone who has experience with HR, because HR is not anything you can mess up with, because here is payroll that you're working on, and the team is continuously growing. And I remember at some point I was doing recruitment, I was doing onboarding, I was doing the contract, I was doing admin, I was just like, yo, I'm just gonna drop. So we got a HR person a director of HR. So she comes in and who has to train her? Esther, because she doesn't know anything about Moringa School. So now you have to train your manager and keep that conversation going on. And eventually along the way, we were able to get, she was able to get her footing and everything. But along the way, um, I fell sick. So when I fell sick, it kind of things stalled. Why? Because I was running. I had no time to make processes or systems that if I was not there, they, that things could work. So I felt sick and it was something that was impromptu. So my manager was left wondering, so how does this, how does this work? How does this work? And everyone's just like, Esther runs it, Esther runs it, Esther runs it. And so one of the things I realized was a gap that was missing is processes and systems. So you have one person working on so much that they can't sit down and stay back and say, can I create a playbook or something that if someone else comes behind me, they can be able to follow through and see if I'm not there, it's still running. It's still a process that's growing. 
okay so it's still not there because we're still a startup and i'm still doing a lot of functions but it's something that teams should always continuously grow so that's what i'm currently doing like trying to build if i'm not there then is someone else able to do that or does do things just now stall completely and that's one of the dangers of having a startup because you have one person managing multiple things and they don't have time to think about the process and the workflow and so the things that i have had to reiterate a lot of times mainly because we were just going with the flu you were just trying to burn out fires sometimes that's how startup goes like this fire has come, now you're trying to set up this fire. Then, oh, this fire started, oh, we're trying to set up this fire. Oh, this fire, I'm just like, okay, people, we can't, this is not our work. There's a main goal that we have. So can we now try and just go back and decide, okay, this is what we're supposed to do. So fine, what is the key issue? What's the key issue in, what's in whatever you're developing? Can we go back and have a sit down and decide, okay, if you're launching a product, can we sit down and discuss so we've launched it? Can we come back and ask everyone, every stakeholder, what their opinion was and try and change the process? But you know, in startups, you have to keep going. You have to keep going because there's a lot that is expected of you from either investors, your own leadership team, and no one stops and thinks, okay, let's pause. Let's reflect. And how do we make this process better and effective so that when we're rolling it out for the next um, time, it's better, it's bigger, it's better, and it's more improved. So we're getting better feedback. We're not getting the same feedback over and over again. So now you're starting to fight fires, fight fires. Oh, the classroom team, for us, it's like, oh, the team, the class, classes are saying, oh, the space is not enough. Oh, we don't have enough this, this and that. And becomes, oh, let's sort this, let's sort this. And sometimes you figure out, you can't sort everything. You can't sort everything because you need to have a bigger plan because some of these things will become bigger. So my experience really has been, hey, a journey, a journey. And it's still a journey. Sometimes I even talk to my manager and I'm like, hey, we need to stop putting out fires. Me, I'm done putting out fires. If you're not tired, me, I'm done. I've gotten to the point where I address things as they are because at first you can become a bit like, I don't have the skills. I, don't, I feel like I'm not adequately skilled to say, but I'm just like, okay, now let me speak up. Let me say, hey, we've done this and this is becoming a bit tiring. So we need to have a strategy. We need to have something that drives us. If we have a team, a department, what is driving us? And what? how can we make it better? So something else I struggled with as I started was work-life balance. Man, I worked from Monday to Sunday. Monday to Sunday, as I always had my laptop. I'd carry it to church, I'd carry it every single place because i felt like everything was urgent but until i learned to say y'all i have so many responsibilities i'm developing curriculum i'm you try i'm heading admin i'm trying to run these processes and here i am being introduced to the hr team i just can't do it i've realized as time grows by i've learned to say no i want i'd love to do it I'd, but if I want to be really good at what I want to do, I need to say, no, I, can't, I don't have time for this. I don't have it in my plate. And if you want to see, I have a whole work plan. So tell me what you want me to drop so that I can be able to work on what you have. 
because a lot of me was a lot of times i used to say yes 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 because i felt i think there's no one to do it there's no one and that's a problem of startups you say hey there's no one to do it there's no one to do it but along the way you now start saying fine there's no one but we need someone to help us in the process or can i delegate to someone else to see them grow to see them make maybe make themselves grow in their career path so even in my process even in, in my learning i've learned that i've had to manage teams and at some point i've i was those people who i need to have everything together but i've learned that i need to also learn to delegate my teams so that they can grow as i grew so most of the people i have actually managed also started from the front desk i have seen them grow into different departments and seeing them being able to tell okay so even as a manager you also need to see if someone walks in in this company because it's young when a company is young you can be able to tell if this person is skilled in this place at least at one point they'll go to that place so for example i had someone i managed who was doing law but she was the front the front desk at no point would she ever go to law because there's no legal department in moringa but i kept telling i kept insisting if ever there's a legal department because i knew it would fall under finance please ensure that you consider person x and i kept doing that for like years like just saying okay months every time every time please consider and then i'd say if you have any legal document that you feel is an issue please direct them to her because that's her strength for me contracts are not my strength still not i but i'm pleased i'm learning so i direct them to her if i had any questions anything and i've seen that right now moringa has opened a legal team and she's joined it so sometimes even as a manager in a startup you need to think about what's the career progression of those people who are under you because then that makes them stay because they can see okay my manager is actually thinking about my growth plan yes it may not look like it's coming in the next few months or the next year or so but she's always constantly thinking about how else can i improve how else can i make this person a better person yeah I don't know if my time is up so I'll just keep quiet and then answer your questions. Okay? Awesome. Yeah, um, that's brilliant. Uh, I guess this lunch and learn thing is for us to actually that's gone better than I could have anticipated. Uh, Part of the goal here is, is to develop leaders. You guys um, are the future leaders. So I hope when you listen to her, you don't just look at it from your perspective as, a, as where you are. You need to have two minds in the world. You need to have a mind of where you are and where you're going. And so when you're listening to her, you're saying, okay, fine, this is my reality today. But you're also saying, oh, okay, when I'm a leader, here's how I need to be thinking. So trying to learn for the future, is also very important because the goal over here, my our goal here at Makeup Africa Network is to develop leaders, to develop people who will lead the future companies that we are building and and just flower out into the world. So I, I hope I think that was phenomenal. So anyway, I just thought I'd say that. Questions? Question time. So my question is, um, as you said, you know, you transitioned from. Um, as you said, as you said, you transitioned from, um, let's say, from uh, front desk to HR, from HR to administration, and you said you just learned on the job. Like, how did you? Because in this 
age when you let's say google something because i forget you google a few things how did you learn do you like just take a few articles read it from there then just moved on or you look for someone how did you do like your learning like a new field okay um so let me start with the first where i was um the curriculum development i constantly had to rely on my former colleague and my there's a transition so i had to rely on the direction of learning so i kept asking um what how is what what how can i improve how can i make this better because i'm not skilled in this area and they'd send me articles different things where i could resources and i felt like okay this i needed this and when i had i had my manager who was then the director of operations and when i was leading admin i kept asking her so is it possible for us to have our one on ones more of a learning session where maybe you're not skilled in hr or whatever but can you just help me know if it's project management how can i grow in this um a lot of the skills that i needed to grow was communication skills because a lot of my work then involved staff members and how do i communicate you know from leadership to staff leadership to staff and i felt that was an area of it was just a bad yeah it's may just i'd say things as they are but if you've if you work with leadership you tend to know there's a way you can phrase messages that they can fit both audiences so we had to go through those sessions i had to do a lot of reading reading materials um for hr i had to find hr practitioners because hr really honestly just needs people who are actually doing it in Kenya. So I even went looked for um what's it called a telegram there's a telegram channel I joined it I kept asking them questions maybe legal questions that I didn't understand like so how many annual leave days are they entitled to if someone resigns what happens how do we do that process and I learned a lot from that network. So mostly it was maybe direct managers seeking information here and there and also now getting actual people who have gone through it. During the process, say from front desk uh, to the point where you are now, did you ever anticipate it would get to that amount? Just going with the floors, as to do this, so let me just do it. So, um, I think I even shared this this morning with someone. I was like, one thing about me is that I refuse. I refuse to just be in one position. I just refuse. You know, and for me it was like, okay, fine. If this has come, then I'll grow through it. If this is coming, then I will manage my way around it. So it's like a personality issue that it's a good thing and also a bad thing where you just take in things and just you just like, okay, if this is coming, I'll run with it. I'll do this. I will manage this. So if you've told me I'll be this, then I will try and see if I can fit in and if it's something that I'm passionate about. If it's not, we will revisit whether this is something i need to do yeah so the question is uh, what are some of the fundamental things to to take account when you are building processes that will last when people are not there so um one of the things i've learned when i'm 
when you're trying to build a process that's a long-lasting process you need to define what the process looks like one of the things that i didn't do initially like you're just building for the sake of building so one is having the user in mind so who's coming in to take this role is it someone who is a senior level is it someone who is beginning at a beginner level and creating that for them so once you're able to define okay this is my user this is who's who's going who's going to use this process so i'm going to try and make ask the ask myself so what will they need what resources do they need at this step which questions will they ask what questions are they asking and can i answer these questions as i'm trying to develop this process for them so that when they're coming in the process is a bit seamless they have just minimal questions because i've thought about what are the key things i would also ask if this was something that i was taking over or i was starting this process things that I initially missed out when I was starting, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, you have been part of this growth process of Bollinga and you've seen it grow from where it was to where it is now. What can you say you've taken away from that growth process that you've been part of? One, change. I think I didn't mention this. Change is very... It's something that you need to manage from either, for one, from a leadership perspective and two, from an employee perspective. So the, one of the things or the challenges I, I found about the growth process, it's nice, but there's a lot of change that's happening. So how is the leadership communicating the change to the employees and how are they taking it in? And how do we come to a point whereby everyone feels comfortable with the change? I don't feel like at some point it felt like, okay, I don't know what's happening. I don't know where I'm lying. I don't know where, which department I'm going to go into because now there are new directors, there's new leadership. And at no point where you asked, okay, so, or rather informed, okay, this is why we are hiring for this person, this is why we need this person. And sometimes you can feel that I should grow into that position. And there's that feeling like, man, I've been in this company for long. Like, see, they promote me to senior manager, they promote me to directorship. And managing that change and telling your employees and being realistic with them and telling them, this is why we are hiring for this role. And these are the skills we needed for this role. And this is where you're lacking. And enabling that person to just also now grow and develop there. I think around that point, we hadn't discovered what that was. This year, we're trying to work on how to ensure that everyone feels that they are growing towards that certain role. One of the things is change. Change throws everyone off balance. And it, will, it can make you bitter in the process. So mine is sort of a general question, out of place somehow. So uh, during the process of working with startups, so between leadership and management, which one do you think are more like pronounced in terms of skill set you should have? Because you mentioned there are so many things you are doing and sometimes you have to okay, the question is was there a point where you had to be a leader or a manager in terms of moving from one job to the next? Um, how did you work with yeah. yeah there are points where you have to be a leader and be assertive and just say this is how this is how things will go and this is where i want to be and there are points where i had to like you know be empathetic about the entire process and just try and think about how everyone is doing this change and everything because 
there were points where I had to let go people of people in my team and that point has changed me like it changed some sort of point in me because you have to learn how to make the hard decisions and that's part it's just leadership and management it's both of them you put both of them together where you have to let go of people and make the like make the difficult choices and difficult decisions not because you don't wish them the best because you've done everything you could You mentioned like, one of the things you had to like, really learn is communication, right? And it can be overemphasized. It's trivialized, but it's really a thing. And you're well spoken. What do you like normally? Do you like pitch internally on yourself? Do you like practice this before? Or have you Because you seem so well spoken. So, how do you like do like your communication? How do you learn to be able to present yourself and just give a good story? One started with negative feedback i received a lot of it especially from our ceo wow, she was very good at giving okay so let's not call it negative let's call it constructive, constructive criticism yeah and she, every time i'd run the weekly meetings of our staff members and every after every meeting i just see a slack message and i just go like <sighs> okay so one of the things that um we did with my now current former manager was just sit down you know go through ted talks like i had to see how those people make presentations i had to read about how ted talks run there's a book on that i had to go through it i had to do practice sessions with myself i had to do practice sessions with my family i had to sit my sister down and tell her so how do how does this look these days now it's more of now presentation skills like now decks so i send it to different people who are not really one in the organization one who's external and tell them so how does this look just getting feedback from other people because before i go so that it doesn't feel like i was ambushed in the process or i feel like i was not confident in the process Okay, you have the books. Any more questions? Hello. Hi. So, um, just in a general view, in terms of scale, because I know you started by one of months, I don't know, instructor, students. So how did you scale that up to this point where you now have more students in place? That's still, what's it called? Still a lesson, still a journey where people learn step by step. I think one of the things, key things is learning from other organizations and learning from different stakeholders. So one of the things we actually did was hire people who've had experience in the education ecosystem because then they can give you the experience and make the classroom experience differently. So we had to hire people with who have background. Um, most of the people who work at Moringa have worked at ALU, which is which also runs the same way as Moringa does. So getting their guidance, getting their feedback, getting students, we actually do student feedback every week, getting their experience and getting to know what they want. And so from that, we can be able to develop the experience for them. So we constantly do this so that we can ensure that our students don't get mixed up in this, even as we skill. They don't get confused in the process, yeah.
mentioned that in a startup, somehow one person does everything. So how did you approach that? How did you solve that? Like to make everyone involved in terms of defining the, the roles and responsibilities to each other. Well, unfortunately, I had to drop balls. Like I literally was forgetting things because I had too many, too many things to do. So I learned that the hard way because I was dropping a lot of balls and guys were getting, I was inconveniencing a lot of people. And for that to happen, I had to now sit down with my managers and decide this is not sustainable. I'm just having too much. And you know, at the end of the day, I will be the one who will have to speak about my performance. So just to stop it from becoming a conversation where now it's becoming like a real performance improvement plan, now it's now where I can just speak up and just say, you know what, yes, I have dropped these balls and this is the reason why they're suffering because I'm also taking care of this and this and this. And because I want to be effective, let me allow me to just either delegate this or let's now hire someone else because we've seen that this function is something that has to be handled by someone else. So I learned the hard way. All right, I don't think there are any more questions. Um, so how many of you guys doubt that she's going to make an amazing executive in the, in the not too distant future? How many of you doubt that she can run and lead a company? or a business or an organization. Anybody doubt that? I see a, an amazing future for you. And I'm really excited about, you know, standing on sideline and watching and actually uploading you know, as a <laughs> universe. So awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you.